Welcome back to another OU Football Podcast. My name is Joe Bettner. Joining me as always is former Lawton resident Tyler Palmatier. Tyler, how are you? I am good, Joe. How are you doing? You know what? I'm doing good. I am not up to speed on everything I feel like that's going on in the sports world. I felt like I was big, uh, big time missing out on quite the event last night with the Last Dance documentary premiering on ESPN, uh, which if you didn't know, is a 10-part documentary series on Michael Jordan. I, I know that you were really excited about it, especially when they push it up to April. Um, did you get a chance to watch any of it last night? Oh, yeah. Um, and it's, man, it's just a it's just a fascinating piece of work already. I mean, it, it, there's something about watching, I mean, just beyond, you know, just on the surface, beyond the in-depth, you know, information and basically, you know, documentation, reporting, whatever you want to call it, that they've done just the footage itself, just to see it all again and to kind of go back and, and see some of the old, old clips of Michael, um, including games that even as, you know, unless you were just, uh, maybe an adult who was really into sports at the time. Like, I mean, I was, I kind of consider myself somebody who was able to experience Jordan, but also I was, I was still a kid. I mean, I was, uh, you know, somewhere when they won that last championship, like, I mean, like 12 or something like that. So when they go back and they show, I mean, I don't want to spoil it for you or, or anybody else, but there's a, there's a game where Michael was supposed to be limited to 14 minutes, um, ownership and, and training staff and coaches negotiated 14 minutes. And it, that was actually, it was supposed to just play seven, I think, or maybe it went from 14 to 30 minutes. I can't remember, but they basically, he had a limited, a minutes restriction. And they said, if, if he stays in a second longer than this, I can't remember who, um, Jerry Krause, I think said, if he stays in a second longer than this, you you know, we're going to fire you. I don't know if that was to the coach or who, um, or another person in ownership, but Anyways, so they show that they get to the final 30 seconds of the game and the Bulls are down and Jordan stays in the game uh, because he didn't understand that concept of having a minutes restriction when there's a game on the line. And so they just show the last 30 seconds of this game. And so it's just cool the places they take you in the Bulls and the Michael Jordan experience that unless you were really following along, uh, you probably don't remember or you never saw in the first place. So it's just, it's fascinating from all, from all angles. I mean, it's, and it is a great story. Uh, and it's, I feel like it's more about the bulls. I mean, it's, it's about Jordan. I think it's been mar- uh, promoted and marketed as a, about Michael, but it's, you know, from what I can tell, I mean, this is about the bulls. I mean, a story about the, the those bulls team is a story about Jordan, but, I mean, just the things that you're finding out about that group are, are so fun to, to either learn for the first time or go back and see. So I hope you get to watch it. I know you will. You could have fooled me. I thought it was about OU's football coaches last night. There were so many tweets going out from not only them, and I don't want to like single them out, but just on a local level, a lot of Jordans being shown, like shoes being shown on my timeline and that was uh, an interesting play, and I thought was smart on OU's coaching staff. But they, uh, when they go all in, they go all in, and that was obviously a way for them to find a way, obviously, to recruit. As far as you know, you lose a big recruiting weekend with the spring game being canceled, so OU's really just kind of you know searching for ways to 
I guess, resonate with recruits who are presumably on social media more than ever right now. And uh, a big opportunity for them to kind of show off their affiliation with Jordan. But man, it felt like one of the, it just feels like one of those days where, you know, and it, it can be really good or really bad, but you know, it feels like on national holidays, like Martin Luther King day. And you know, every school has a Martin Luther King quote. Some, some do it more classy uh, than others. Um, but you know, it just, it, it just felt like one of those days where everyone, if you're not talking about Michael Jordan, you're just kind of out of the loop. And mm-hmm. it was a, I felt like even though I didn't watch it, I got the big highlights. Um, I thought the funniest thing was the, the CGs they had of all the, the, all the people they interviewed and like Barack Obama being former Chicago resident, Barack Obama was just mm-hmm. hilarious to me. I felt like I saw 25 tweets in a row about that. The quotes from Walt Frazier um, and Mark Eaton talking about how Michael Jordan, there, there's no room for a one-man show in the NBA and saying basically that, you know, he's not going to be able to lead quite like a guard had ever done at that point, which is true mm-hmm. because, I mean, the NBA was such a power forward center dominated league for so long. So that was mm-hmm. really interesting. Did I mean... Now, I, I feel like seeing some of the funnier stuff of it, I mean, do you feel like the documentary itself, you know, as much as I feel like Michael Jordan's story, there are some darker parts of it, but are those first two episodes, how lighthearted are they? Or, I mean, does it show Jordan in a good light? Is it Does it shine on his legacy at all? Yeah, it's. I think just being however many parts it is, you know, 10, I think, um, it just can't wrap all that up. It, it's definitely about his legacy. I mean, you can see, you know, it, the part I described about the game, you know, the final 30 seconds of that game that Jordan stayed in and the Bulls won. Michael Jordan didn't hit like a game win or anything, but that part, you can kind of get a feel. That's what, what they're trying to explain is, you know, how many guys now are on minutes restrictions just for rest. And um, it's just a different world, you know, with, you know, teams tanking. Uh, he didn't, George is not the kind of guy that would get that. So I think that's where it touches on his legacy. You know, that he was this, just had another gear, you know, when, when Kobe Bryant died, everybody talked about uh, Mamba mentality. Well, Michael Jordan kind of had that first mentality of just, and it touches on that. It does. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, I don't know. I don't know necessarily so far that what I've seen shows him in a bad light. I mean, he kind of, it shows that he could be a, he was probably a tough teammate to have somebody that was that good and could outwork everybody. And then also probably had better talent. Um, you know, I bet he was tough to play with. Um, I, guess I, I bring it up because like, I feel like I've been watching more documentaries than usual. And I think the funny thing is, and to kind of go to a very 2020 thing, a tire King. Um, I feel like they take you places where you kind of forget sometimes about how bad these people are where they like try to not manipulate the storyline, but there are times where you're like, Oh, I kind of feel bad for this Joe exotic guy. Then you like, then it quickly reminds you, Oh, this guy also hired someone to murder another person. They're like, Oh yeah, he's a bad guy, but it just kind of allegedly, (laughs) allegedly. Um, but it takes you to so many places. And I feel like documentaries do that quite a bit. Like the don't F with cats documentary. We watched that pretty recently. And that also like there it's a, I mean, it's about a very evil person and you know, there's parts where it's just like shows you some of the good and just like, 
you're kind of you kind of forget for a second just like oh this is a terrible person but I, I was curious and i'm not saying that michael jordan's a terrible person but i feel like documentaries sometimes go on a wide spectrum of just emotions that it can show a person in and just how it chooses to portray that person. And I saw that there was a, I think there was a tweet from awful announcing or somewhere uh, saying that after people watch this documentary, they might not think so highly of Michael Jordan. So I was curious to see, I, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to, it. I think I'm going to wait till all of the episodes are out to binge it. I'm just, it's hard for me to watch stuff week to week. Um, and I know that's a very young person thing, but it's just, it's waiting a waiting a week at a time is difficult. Although I do like the fact that they're releasing two two episodes a week, which in today's you know obviously no sports and just everything that or I guess the lack of things that we have to watch. It's great that they're trying to get this content out as quickly as possible while also having some build up to you know each you know all ten parts, but. Um, I'm looking forward to watching it. And I was curious just to kind of go back. I was, you know, brought up the fact that OU being a Jordan brand school, um, I'm curious with just what you made of the, of all of that, because I mean, it was just, it was aggressive as far as just like the recruiting things. I think they were trying to do. I know Lincoln Riley put out the tweet a few days ago about like, uh, let me see your, uh, your Jordan collection or your shoe collection. Um, curious what you think of what the staff is doing right now as far as just trying to still have some type of presence with recruits right now yeah no it's pretty clear i mean what they're doing is there's a wind there's a window to uh promote the fact that if you come to ou you're going to have this selection of jordans available to you um and they they were aggressive with it i mean they just i think they just saw it as you know, OU itself is athletic departments are content producers now. Um, I mean, they have been for, they are now more than ever. So, and as it relates to football coaches and what they want to do, I mean, it's all about <clears throat> recruits and they have a, I mean, they, I don't think they could ignore that opportunity. Um, you know, it wasn't just OU football either. You know I mean? Basketball, everybody got in on it. I mean, it's just a, it was a window for them to have some content and have a presence, you know, there's only so many times that you can say you, how many Big 12 championships you've won. Um, some kids care about that, and some kids, you know, are just a little different, and they just and or some kids they put value in both. You know, what equipment will you have at OU? And it, there's an aura to a Jordan brand that some people really like, and this is why OU got involved. You know, and I, I think they just saw it as an opportunity to, you know to promote that. And it was definitely aggressive. I, I guess I get it from a certain standpoint. It was more than I kind of wanted to see, uh, personally, but I mean, it was just <laughs> funny to see Bill, it's funny to see Bill Biedenboe wearing the patent leather Jordans. Uh, I don't think he wears those. I don't think he would wear them unless he was promoting something for OU recruiting. That was, I mean, last year he had just talked to Lincoln had just talked about how Bill had just gotten a, his first pair, new pair of practice shoes in five years or first first pair since he'd been since Lincoln had been at OU. So I don't think this is a guy who's throwing on his J's uh, regularly. So it was funny to see Bill Biedenboe's feet in a pair of patent leather Jordans. So, uh, but no, I mean, I get it. Go for it. I mean, it's a window of opportunity. Everybody, you know, schools are trying to produce content too, still with no games going and without a spring game to promote or practice 
to promote. And I mean, they're just, I, I totally get what they did. It's uh, it, it was really funny to see Bill Beatenbow rocking the Jays, and I would really enjoy more Bill Beatenbow content. Uh, but not a not a good day if you have OU football coaches on push notification. Uh, that is for sure. Um, it was uh, but it, it I thought it was smart. Uh, obviously being the spring game weekend, which obviously it's, I feel like we've talked about this, and I think you mentioned it in a story before. Uh about how like Lincoln Riley has had such bad luck with spring game weekends. And this obviously, you know, takes the cake as far as just like being the ultimate troll job from the universe, as far as just a, they don't get a spring game in. And then B uh, the fact that it's just perfect weather Saturday night. This, I mean, for all of the issues that they've had, like, you know, with weather forcing the date change last year from Saturday to Friday night and then the year before that it was just awful awful weather uh and then to finally have something like this it just it's got to be frustrating for the coaching staff to really miss out on an opportunity to show the campus on a on a just once again I cannot stress how perfect the weather was on Saturday I I wrote a story about the economic impact of not having football in Norman and kind of looking at you know, the spring game obviously isn't as big as a regular OU f- home football game, but, you know, it's it's creeping up that way. And that's what, where Lincoln wants to get it to. Um, but you just look around Saturday and there were people out, you know, outside walking their dogs, you know, with their families, keeping their distance. And it's been good to see Norman uh, take part in all that. Uh, but just a tough thing, I think, for Oklahoma not to have that as far as just a way to show off their university. Yeah. <clears throat> and you know that they were probably going to get even with a bad uh not bad weather, they were probably going to get a decent crowd. I mean, I don't know what they were trending toward. I don't well, remember what the capacity was last year off the top of my head with it's been, uh it's, well, on a Friday thing. night. It's been uh it was 52,000 uh in 2018 with the terrible weather and then they had 50,000 after they changed the, the the day of the game at the last minute. So I think that there was some, you know, obviously some effect to having the game on a Friday night and, you know, not giving a people a whole lot of notice. But I mean, I think this thing really is trending in the right direction for Oklahoma. Yeah. And it's, it's too bad to lose a year of that momentum. I mean, what is it? I don't know how you get people re-energized. I mean, there would have been a lot of you would for a nice day in Norman this year, you would have been looking at a, I think a, another kind of like i mean quote unquote record crowd i don't know who's keeping track of it but to see just to see the quarterbacks just to get a look at spencer rattler um you know that's uh each spring game has kind of had a a i guess a quarterback to look at last year's you know jalen hurts last year that's probably that probably helped the attendance on a friday night you know to get your first look at hurts and in an ou uniform and but there would have been a lot of people who have done that to see the quarterback. So, yeah, it's – it's and it was just unbelievably nice. I mean, when you talk about just having recruits here uh, to look at campus, you know, with everything trimmed up nice and everything green, uh, and not to mention Sunday. I mean, I know it was a little bit cloudy at first, but the, the second half of Sunday was so great. Um, you know, you've still got to have – recruits probably around you know for whatever you know a meal or a brunch or what you know whatever they do for that day um it was it was great weather great spring weather and yeah just nothing nothing lincoln riley or anybody can do about that i mean uh but for some reason the spring game weekend has just been logistically kind of challenging 
the last couple of years, but it's, it is hit, headed in the right direction. I wonder too about the effect of not having it for one year, if you lose any momentum there or, or what happens, but, um, you know, who, who knows, who knows what the future holds. It's obviously a very, you know, at this point with, we, we don't know much, but with the talk of what they're, they could do with football, I mean, if they play, a, if they were to hypothetically play part of the football season or the whole football season next year in the spring, I mean, there is no spring game. I don't know what happens then. I don't know how the, who knows what, what happens to the calendar if that, if, if it works out like that. So, you know, we'll just kind of have to see. That'd be a really tough thing. I think if college football does get pushed back into the spring, what that looks like for the 2021 season, that would be just, I think, chaos in terms of, I mean, do you just completely alter the calendar? I mean, what do you do? Because you can't expect these guys to play basically two football seasons within a 12 month span and, you know, it be a safe thing that, you know, I, 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 I just can't foresee that happening, but uh, it would have been really cool. And I think the event itself was going to be really awesome for fans. Just talking to some of the people around the campus corner association, they had big plans for basically a mini music festival on campus corner, much like they did before the Houston game last year. And that was where, and Joe Castiglione brought this up on a teleconference in the past few weeks, but the spring game concert was going to be on campus corner and not inside the stadium. And I was honestly kind of like, I thought that was such a smart thing that they arrived at that conclusion because as cool as I think it was, I think that concert was a lot more for, you know, the fans rather than the recruits and to kind of separate it to kind of give it to the people that actually want to go see it, they can. And I think it makes the spring game a little less clunky as far as like the, the setup of the concert and then trying to like deconstruct the stage, which I mean, they did fine last year. It didn't like take, you know, an hour or anything to get the stage that Lee Bryce was on. But uh, it, w- it would have been a cool thing, I think, for just the city of Norman. And it's one of those things where we bring up the fact that this is not like a very new thing to, or this isn't a very, uh, the, the spring game isn't like a long standing tradition of being like a big thing. Uh, Lincoln Riley has kind of taken the initiative to make it a big deal. So the city of Norman isn't really used to the spring game being a big moneymaker. And so kind of talking to those people for this economic impact story I wrote, just they, they were like, we don't know how much this would have actually brought in because it's so new there's such a small sample size uh but you would have to i mean OU makes millions of dollars there or excuse me norman makes millions of dollars for OU home football games um just from restaurants people going to restaurants and bars people buying merchandise which it amazes me seeing like looking at how much merchandise OU sells uh on a week-to-week basis it's just kind of crazy i mean the, the, you know but uh it would have been a, it would have been a cool thing for Oklahoma, but, uh, you, you mentioned seeing Spencer Rattler in person. I think that I would have been a huge draw. Was there anything you were looking forward to other than the quarterback battle that we, we kind of missed out on not having a spring game? Oh, I think, I think there were some things on the offensive line, um, that would have been, you know, of, of note, uh, you know, a couple guys, you know, they're going to have to do some shuffling around. Um, 
you know, there's one position uh, at tackle that they're going to need to fill somebody in on. So somebody's going to step in. Uh, somebody's going to step in there. Um, Stacy Wilkins would have been an interesting guy to watch. You know, him being a freshman last year, um, and somebody that, that the coaching staff's high on. I mean, that's that's important. I don't know that it's something I would be watching really closely. I mean, it's the offensive line. I, I guess defensively, you want to see maybe where that stands. A couple of those new guys, um, Perry on Winfrey would have been interesting to watch. I just maybe to, to see what the defense looks like from a takeaway perspective. You know, that's not something they were that good at last year. Um, if at all, I mean, that's as for as much emphasis emphasis went on it. I mean, they weren't, you know, you just, there weren't any results. So are they any more active? Is that, you know, is that better? You know, there's a, there's a, a couple cornerbacks. I think watching Jaden Davis again, maybe watching some of the guys from the secondary would have been interesting. And then, you know, obviously just the receiver. I, I think mainly it's just the, the chemistry between the receivers and, and Rattler and, you know, Mordecai to an extent. I mean, I guess it would have been, I, I'm in the camp that thinks, you know, the job is Rattlers and that it's okay to have a competition for it. If you want to make the guys, make the guy that starts have earned it, uh, maybe it makes him sharper in the end, but I'm probably in the camp that thinks Rattler, it's just going to be his job. But, you know, if you get to a spring game and Rattler kind of struggles and Mordecai happens to throw really well, uh, you just never, you know, you never know. I'm not saying Mordecai is going to make a run at the job, but um, it would certainly make for some interesting conversation just to see, uh, and just see where Rattler's at. And you just never know. I mean, we haven't been able to watch these guys very much if at you know any for a year except you know really limited time so you know see where mordecai's at and i think it was all about the quarterbacks and it was going to be it was going to be fun to watch that but otherwise you know just kind of your basic spring game um see some of the newcomers you know talk to some guys that you're not going to see for probably another four months or so and and then carry about your business after that but it's nice to have a little football in in april and we just didn't get it. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, as far as the quarterback battle goes, you know, it would have been in maybe Oklahoma, as far as having the number one quarterback of the 2019 class in Spencer Rattler, you're hoping that that talent transcends into college, but you know, it would be such an interesting story, especially with the way that the quarterback battles have gone the past few years under Lincoln Riley if for like one time, like the guy that they say is competing for the job that isn't expected at all to get it actually won because we've, we've went through this with Kyler Murray and Austin Kendall. And I think everyone knew that Kyler Murray was going to get the job and he ends up getting it. Jalen hurts then winning the quote unquote quarterback battle last year. Everyone expected him to get it. And now Spencer Rattler's in this position where everyone assumes he is going to have the job. And I think he will. I'm, I'm with you. I think that there's just, there's no, probably there's there's just such a slim chance that it's Mordecai but I think it would be refreshing though if like that were to happen um because they've just had these very unpredictable or excuse me they've had some very predictable quarterback battles that they've tried to I guess present as very close and you know we've got two guys that we have a lot of confidence in and uh all that you know stuff you hear in press conferences but 
you know, it's, it's been, it's been a bit since we've actually seen a true, like, uh, you know, a true quarterback battle. We saw a little bit with Baker Mayfield and Trevor Knight. And I think that people didn't really know in 2015, whether or not Baker would get the job, I think, uh, with Knight's history, but just the season he had before was just so, so bad that I think a lot of people were hoping at least that Baker was good enough to beat him out or, Oh, you might've been in big trouble, but, um, it would be cool to see. Um, and you know, Oklahoma, as far as quarterback recruiting, um, it's, it's nice, I guess, from an extent that it's two guys that they've actually recruited and haven't just brought in. So, I mean, these are two guys that I think that Lincoln actually does. And I'm not saying he's lying when he's saying that, you know, the, the past quarterback battles haven't you know been close, but just, I think you have two guys that I think Lincoln has you know, put a lot of investment and time into. Um, and so I, I'm interested to see how it all, it all plays out. If they, you know, if we do get any bit of fall camp, how quickly, if at all, they name a starting quarterback, but it, it just feels like right now. And, you know, we haven't talked, you know, a whole lot about coronavirus and it's been a, a strange thing, but it, it just feels like right now, it's just so many so many questions that still need to be answered. It, it feels like baseball and golf have a shot to come back and maybe even we get a condensed version of the NBA playoffs um, if they can figure out a way. But just it feels like it, it feels like whatever golf and baseball does this summer, if they do come back, will kind of dictate what happens, I think, for the fall. Just if, if they can fi- figure out a blueprint that makes sense for a lot of these sports to do it safely and to, you know, not, you know, you know, put kids in da- literal kids in danger you know it, it's it's going to be really telling but i mean do, do you have any faith that this that the sports will come back this summer because i mean i feel like there's a chance that golf i think I, i'm not saying i have the answers but i feel like there's a way that golf there's there's got to be some plan where they can bring golf back because that feels like the most social distance friendly sport that we have but i mean do you have any confidence that we're going to see sports in the in the next few months uh, yeah. I mean, I think it can happen. Um, it's going to take, I think people are slowly going to find a, a careful, safe, you know, responsible way to get this done. Um, and I don't see any reason that sports can't be on the front of how to hold a big event. You know, I think it's, they're going to, there's money to be made by putting some sports on TV. And if there's no fans there, um, they'll figure out a way to get that done they'll figure out a way to put sports out there as long as athletes can compete safely. Um, professional athletes, that is, I mean, college is a whole different discussion because you don't have a collective bargaining agreement where guys can come to an agreement on work conditions, you know, how they want to, cause it's not a job. I mean, we're just not there yet. So because they're amateur athletes, um, you know, it's a whole different ball game, but um, I think there's a, I mean, golf's a perfect example that something that they can kind of get back on the road or, you know, back on TV. Um, because you can, you're not coming in contact with somebody. I mean, I think it can happen. I, all that's based on just my kind of gut feeling by which way I see this sort of trending. I mean, I think that they, I think that there's politicians and governors and, you know, President Trump that want to slowly get things started May 1st, business-wise, that they can safely do. 
just so that we're not starting to do that on, on July 1st. And, um, I don't know what their plan is. I mean, I don't think it's going to be a full send. Just everybody open up the open everything up May 1st. But I think they want to get people thinking, how can we do this safely and in, in, in increments so that it's that it makes sense? So uh, that's kind of a long winded answer to say, I mean, I think they can. It just depends on. I mean, so much of it depends on the curve and what's safe and healthy for athletes and fans. And, um, yeah, there's, it's been said so many times, I'm almost sick of hearing it, but I mean, commissioners are going to get their information from experts and doctors and scientists, and they'll do with that what they will. And, uh, you know, from there, we'll just kind of see what happens. But uh, I think there's, I mean, there is so much at stake. Those are such big organizations and there's so much money to be made. And there's, you can, you know, there's people, there's a desire, there's a demand for sports right now because people are so hungry. Um, that there's, I mean, there's a big, big incentive to get sports going again. And so I think they'll do whatever they can in their power to get them going, but it's going to be pro it's going to be professional sports that are going to, they're going to lay out the model. So I think it's really important for pro sports whenever they do start to slowly come back to give college a good model because it all trickles down as we kind of saw the first round of this, it was the NBA suspended its season and college followed suit. And then what, I mean, in high school, you know, they're just kind of waiting to see what everybody else is doing. So it's, you know, we're all kind of relying on pro sports to get the, figure out the model, the best working model. It makes you wonder if this opens the door at all and probably doesn't, but makes me think, about all the talks that the NCAA had with, uh, or excuse me, like NCAA athletes trying to form some type of union. And I wonder if it opens the door for more of those discussions. I don't know if they would be uh, met with a whole lot of uh, success as far as actually happening, uh, but it makes you wonder just as far as what student athletes have to think about this, because the NCAA does have these panels basically where they select certain student athletes to be voices for their, you know, their, their fellow, you know, student athletes across the country. Um, so I, I do think, but I, I completely agree with you. I think pro sports is going to, is it's kind of, it's going to kind of make or break whether or not we have sports the rest of the year, which I mean, I think that uh, the fo- playing a football season right now, it's just so hard to say. And I think that anyone trying to cancel it, is maybe jumping the gun if anyone's saying that it's going to happen for sure is probably being a little bit too optimistic just saying for sure that it's going to happen but uh i'll be interested to see where this all goes one thing that we do have to look forward to is the nfl draft on thursday friday saturday which you know kind of a good tv watching weekend you know if you're if you're really desperate for content you know you have the jordan documentary uh on sunday night which will air parts three and four um and but you know the three days before that you have the first round of the nfl draft and then you know friday rounds two and three and then the rest on saturday and it'll be i think i think each day you're gonna need to keep you know if if, if you're not someone who watches the draft you're probably not any more excited to watch it now because it's just going to be a strange thing as far as how they're holding it remotely um but Oklahoma has a lot of guys that fall into these, you know, three different pockets of 
guys that should go on Thursday night in the first round and then guys that'll go on Friday and Saturday. But uh, I'm curious, just, you know, Thursday night seems like a really big one as far as, you know, Kenneth Murray and CD lamb probably getting taken. Um, those are two guys I know that you have stories coming out later this week on, um, th- it seems really positive for their draft stock. Am, 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 I, am I wrong? It just, it feels like things are really trending for those guys. Yeah, all, all indications are good. I like, think CeeDee Lamb's going to be first or second receiver taken, and he's as close as you can get to a near consensus, you know, the top receiver taken in a really deep class of receivers. And then Kenneth Murray is uh, very close to just – I mean, I haven't seen many mock drafts with him out of the first round. I, mean, I, I think there were – I looked a couple weeks ago. I haven't thoroughly sort of looked through all of them yet. But, I mean, he's as close as you can get to a consensus first-rounder. So those are good places to be. They both just between their – you know, there were no – it's like after – you know, Lamb was so good at the combine and then no – it's not like there were any red flags about his interviews that came out. I mean, he's – he's from what we can tell, and, you know, he just was never in trouble at OU. There was just never any really inkling that he was – a a tough guy to play with or I mean I and Kenneth Murray was just you we kind of know what his reputation is I mean he's just um upstanding and he was always that way at OU and then apparently his interviews were just off the charts so um it's good news for OU from that perspective that you've got an offensive and a defensive guy and that you know you probably could get a couple other defenders taken It'll be interesting to see where Parnell Motley falls, I think. It's kind of the funny thing. There might be, after a year where there were no defensive players taken from OU, there might be more defensive guys taken in this draft than offensive players because you've got C.D. Lamb and then Jalen Hurts, I'm fairly positive, is going to get taken at some point. But you have a chance for Kenneth Murray, Gallimore, and Motley to give give OU's defense, you know, I think something to – I guess promote as far as like you can be a part of this really bad defense and still make it to the next level. But you have, I think guys like Gallimore and Murray really help themselves as far as what they can offer athletically. Just they're, you know, I, I hate this term, but they're, they're just athletic freaks. And you heard that quite a bit from the teleconferences we've been on this past week, Mel Kuyper of ESPN and Daniel Jeremiah of NFL network. They just rave about these two. And just as far as, you know, you got Kenneth Murray, who is this just looks like he was built in a lab to be a linebacker. And then you've got Gallimore who, while he's had his struggles um, is just, I think with the right, maybe scheme or the right coaching, he could be a really good, top tier defensive tackle in the NFL, just with how quick he can move. He just has to, you know, become better at finishing tackles. And I think that was a problem for a lot of OU players last season, uh, as we saw from a defense that still struggled, um, was better, you know, was noticeably better than the year before. But I think that Gallimore in the right situation can really thrive. And it's something that when I was writing about Gallimore on Friday, it was just really weird to think about the fact that Oklahoma has not had much success at all with defensive tackles um, in the NFL draft the past decade. And, and the biggest like, outlier is that they have Gerald McCoy, who was, you know, the third overall pick in the 2010 draft. But other than that, you know, it's been one other guy that's gotten drafted. Um, and OU's had some linebackers here and there, but Kenneth Murray being 
you know, a, a first round lock. I, I think Kuiper said that he doesn't see Murray going any lower than 24th um, in the, in this draft. And so that's, I mean, that's really positive for Oklahoma. And as we kind of talked about with the Jordan doc, I think that OU is just probably chomping at the bit to release some recruiting stuff on social media to finally have some defensive players to like actually, you know, be proud of. And, you know, I'm not trying to be too disparaging to the past defenses, but they haven't had, well, they weren't very good, Joe. So yeah. that's okay. I know. Just like I'm just saying, like I mean, they just haven't had guys like this. I mean, the way that the, the some of these analysts talk about Kenneth Murray and Neville Gallimore, like you would think that they would have been part of these top flight defenses in college football. But um, I, I, it's really good for Oklahoma. You mentioned Ceedee Lamb. Uh, that I mean, he's if there's a guy that stock has just completely, you know, gone up and gone up and just seems like he hasn't taken any hits as far as just like negatives or any character type issues. I mean, CD lamb being just kind of showing out, I think in a way last year, despite some, you know, lack of production, just as far as how this offense ran uh, with Jalen hurts and him sometimes just completely on his own, you know, kind of decision making taking his receivers out of the game um he's still you know it seems like he's wide receiver one um and i i think it'll be interesting to see where he goes there's a lot of scenarios so i'm not gonna like i, I don't think i don't think anyone really knows where he's gonna go but i think that he'll be i i think he has a really good chance to be a top 15 pick um are you big nfl draft guy i mean i'm i'm li- literally looking for, like and obviously we have to do it for work but you know i'm legitimately looking forward to watching something sports related on tv thursday and friday and saturday yeah i mean i don't know this isn't going to be the same draft i mean it's, it'd be one thing if this was live in las vegas you know with guys walking up in suits but i mean what what it will look like virtually I guess we'll see. Um, I don't know if it'll be quite, you know, if you're a draft person and you like that, I don't know if you'll still get a kick out of it or not. I mean, it'll be nice to have some live. It, it's a live sporting event in the, in the sense that it, you know, guys are picking players. So it, it is, it's interesting from that perspective. It doesn't seem like we've had a live sports event or like, you know, whatever you want to call the draft events, the best word I can come up with, but so it'll be cool to watch it. It's like something happening in real time. I mean, we kind of haven't had that with the exception of video games and horse and kind of what the Jordan thing felt like last night. I mean, it was just like everybody was watching. And then when it kicked over to Scott Van Pelt, like he immediately just started talking about the documentary because it was, it's all that's going on. So it will be nice to have that. I'm, I'm not huge into, I'm like, I'm not vastly interested in what goes on with a lot of the draft. I mean, especially after day one, um, like other guys are, but for, for big NFL fans, like, you know, if you're just a chief's nut or whatever, like a Brown's nut, you know, yeah, you'll have a lot of fun probably following along all weekend to see kind of what pieces you end up with your team ends up with. So I'm happy for fans for that, from that perspective, that'll be, that'll be nice. And kind of go another point on OU. I think, the whole Kenneth Murray thing, getting drafted in the first round or, you know, Gallimore getting drafted and being the first tackle uh, since, you know, several years to get picked up. I, the big thing is, I mean, recruits aren't, I don't, you know, that's a, it is it's certainly a thing to get a first rounder, 
like Kenneth Murray or, you know, to get another defensive tackle, maybe gone in the second round or something. That's, that's fine. But I don't think recruits are really stashing away, you know, that sort of information. I mean, I think the bigger thing is for OU is get a guy drafted high, but get him drafted to the right team and, you know, get, get a defensive player or two in the NFL that's making waves that you can, I mean, getting drafted is one part of the process. OU needs to prove to guys they can develop defensive players, and then those guys can go on to the NFL and be successful, just like the quarterbacks they've sent to the NFL, just like the receivers, just like the running backs, just like the offensive linemen. Uh, Thursday, this week is one step for Oklahoma. I mean, some of those guys have to get to the league and make names for themselves, and that is what recruits are going to remember. That's what OU can point to. Um a little bit more down the line, you know, that's going to be, that's going to have a longer shelf life. than we, we got this guy drafted in the first round. Um, if those guys go to the NFL and they don't produce, you know, you're kind of back to square one. You kind of got to keep figuring out how you're going to, you know, sign pro caliber players and develop them and follow through and tap into their talent. So it's a, it's certainly better this, this year than some past ones for OU in terms of defenders. But uh, I know that they would really like, and they'd probably agree, that they've got to have guys go to the NFL and, and play like NFL, you know, not necessarily stars. I mean, that'd be great. But I think you just, you know, 10-year pros or just, you know, guys that uh, – starters, just NFL starters. I think that, that's, that's the kind of thing they're going to be able to sell you know, for, for a longer time. I'm completely with you, man. I mean, they, they, they need these guys to, I mean, I, I think that's where a guy like Gerald McCoy comes into play and is, can be so good uh, for Oklahoma's brand. But, you know, eventually you, you kind of run out of that momentum. You run out of that kind of clout you build up for yourself. I don't know if Gerald McCoy is necessarily considered, uh, you know, if he holds as much weight as maybe he would have, five, six years ago when he was making pro pro bowls. But, uh, you know, I just, it'll be interesting to see, um, what these guys do. I think Kenneth Murray, and Neville Gallimore have chances to be that, um, Parnell Motley is a little bit of the question mark. You've seen a lot of OU guys who, you know, defensive backs in particular, who have either been drafted late or not drafted at all, who have gotten on NFL rosters, you know, they've maybe worked their way up into the depth chart or they've just kind of fizzled out as special teams guys and then kind of relegated to practice squad. And, you know, it would be if Oklahoma can have any type of impact as having a star NFL defensive back. I mean, that, that's going to be huge for them because I think that's one of their biggest problems. Um, and Gallimore obviously kind of maybe reigniting, you know, that you can be in a top tier defensive tackle at Oklahoma, but, um, but it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see where those guys go. Um, NFL draft on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, uh, should be interesting, Tyler. Um, that's really all we got. And it's kind of been, you know, a, a while since we've recorded, but wanted to get back on the podcast train. Uh, Tyler, how is your quarantine holding up? Well, I mean, I'm sick of it. Is the hair okay? I don't know. We're used. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's long, it's long, but I mean, it's fine. You know, it was, it, this, it was gonna, this is, if there's any, ever a good time to have kind of shaggier hair, it's this. Cause I mean, I, I keep seeing 
guys like post on Twitter. They're like talking about how long their hair is getting and they're holding up like, you know, an elongated spike and they they can't believe how long their hair is. Um, but I get that. Cause when you keep a short haircut, you know, you're going like every two weeks or even maybe not two, but three, you know, just the shorter it is, the more you feel like you have to get it cut. So those guys have to just be losing it. You're one of them. I'm a, I feel like you should keep it growing. I mean, I, I feel like you need to grow it out. I don't keep this it. This needs to become short. a transcript brand. <laughs> I don't keep it that short. No, you really don't. You kind of have a little, yeah, you're right. You kind of have a comb over. You know, I try to try to show it off, you know. Yeah. No, people keep asking me about, I think I've gone on the radio twice from quarantine and that it's come up in both times. My oh, hair. Right. I don't yeah, I feel um, like I feel like your hair is a big part of your brand, and I feel like when I've gone on the radio recently, people just ask me about Norman food, and so I'm just like, I, I think that's well, a that, good thing. That is that is definitely your brand. That is definitely your brand. I lean on you for that kind of stuff. I uh, I never got your. Answer I don't know, man. Hair. It's going. I never got your answer on my uh, Norman uh, oh. three. Yeah, I probably didn't respond, and well, I was actually talking about it the other night because for the first time, like I don't, this wasn't intentional and this wasn't obviously like I support local businesses, but we just took, we just got takeout, um, for the first time during the whole four week, five week quarantine, whatever on Saturday, we got Pepe's and did you have Pepe's on there? No, people were really upset because I put Tara Hamara's as the, the Mexican option, which yeah. I like, well, I tried I, to stray no. away from like having multiple of the, like the same thing. Um, and yeah, you know, I, you know, in my defense, I feel like, you know, there's a lot of Pepe Delgado supporters and I respect them, but I do feel like Tara Hamara's is the more popular, you know, Mexican food establishment in Norman. And I think it kind of showed yeah. from the voting. So I, yeah, well, I think they have and see, man, here's the crazy thing. Uh, I've never had Tara's. Um, God, and I've been here for that. three years. I know. And, um, but I, so I'll try it and I'll make my, uh, my determination, but it seems like Tara's is more like embedded kind of as like a, a, a Norman staple. But I mean, I don't, I don't think Pepe's needs to bow down to anybody. I mean, I didn't love what I ordered the other night, but like, I do love Pepe's. If the quality's never wrong. I just think it's kind of like what I ordered. I, I ordered something with their pork and I'm not a huge fan of the way they they do their pork. Um, it's a little more like a sausage rather than like a pulled, like a carne asada type thing. Um, but I know people who love the way they do their pork. But like we all, we got kind of like a smorgasbord. We got some beef and I don't know. I, maybe it's just because I haven't had takeout or anything in so long. But it was really good. Um, so that's these are the things that I get excited about. I don't know. I mean, it's been no, but it, it's. I mean, for all intents and purposes, like it's, it's fine, man. I mean, I'm, I'm happy to have a job and to be healthy and, um, you know, that's really all that matters right now that everybody stays healthy and that their loved ones are, are okay. So, uh, as much as I want to complain about being stuck inside and kind of just having this weird life, I'm, I try and refrain from as much as I can. How have things been going over there? 
Oh, I've been doing good. Probably watching a little bit too much Netflix and just trying to best I can to support the small businesses around my apartment. And so, you know, that's been been good. Good for you. I'm not trying to gloat. I'm just saying, like, I've been going to this little coffee stand that's like on the corner of like Alameda and 12th, I think. And it's got really good coffee over by the dispensary. Yeah, there's probably a dispensary, Um, but I, I it's called Cool Beans. Is it like by Goodwill? Yes, right, right in that like kind of part on that little road by Goodwill. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, going to Midway probably about you know every Friday. It's it has to be an incredibly tough time for a lot of these businesses. But I think that uh, from what I've seen and kind of like being just kind of a you know curious person, I'll sometimes just ask how business is going, and people at Midway say things are going good, and you know. Uh, they've been getting a lot of or, like a lot of uh, orders, especially companies trying to feed like their people that still have to come in. Um, so that's been good. And, you know, it's it's a tough thing with, you know, some of the restaurants that kind of thrive with maybe their food. I'm not I'm not going to call anyone out by name, but, you know, there's a lot of restaurants that I think kind of thrive off the atmosphere they give rather than the quality of their food. And, um, you know, I, I would assume it's been kind of tough for those people, but uh, you know, it's, we're just all trying to get by and trying to stay safe and stay inside. And we're hope all of you are doing that as well. And, you know, it's been such a strange period where, you know, home, just home is work and work is home. And it's kind of hard getting around that right now. Uh, but you know, it's hopefully it's all works out and hopefully people are taking everything seriously. I know there's a faction of people that aren't, but you know, that's, not a not a topic of discussion for us but uh but it's been it's been going good trying to make the best of it and i think that's all you can do and for the it's it's easier to say especially for us you know having jobs and um we're still having jobs and there's people in much worse situations and we feel for those people um and you know hopefully everyone is understanding that there there are people in much worse situations um, and doing their part to, to help out as much as they can. This is a good time and to, to kind of remind people if they like, and obviously I'm, I have a vested interest in this. Um, but it's a good time to, to subscribe to your, to your local newspaper, whatever it is. I mean, we're, we're struggling like, like a lot of people are. And, you know, when this all came down, it was, a I think people for the first time since, Boy, I mean, I just I don't can't remember the last time uh, local newspapers were so and I mean, I mean, I'm tying city and papers into that. I'm not just small, not just smaller city papers, but, you know, the Tulsa world, the Oklahoma and, um, you know, papers that just are delivering information on how your community specifically is being impacted, what's closing, uh, what what uh, government orders or city orders are in place. I mean, I think there it was there was this is a good time to remember that there's a, there's a reason for this stuff and why it matters. And, you know, the local businesses that are struggling when they struggle, we, we also struggle. So it's just, I think it's a good time to reaffirm, you know, if, if, if you're, if you like that kind of local news, I, I would encourage everybody to think about subscribing to a publication, whether that's your local one or, you know, basically I, I think any newspaper out there, but locally I think is important. Um, you know, if you have a paper that's good at what they do, and I think the transcript has has done well since this started. You know, it's it's worth it's worth the money. It's it's important stuff. So it's been 
been interesting to to watch our business kind of do its job and then kind of also just deal with the challenges that have come as a result of it economically. But uh, hopefully we just get back to normal soon. It'll be, it'll be a lot of fun. I know when, when we can walk into some of these restaurants and walk into some sporting events and see some other people. And I, I think that'll, this generation, all these people that are living through this, I think are going to really embrace or appreciate that maybe a little more than they did once everything starts to, to look a little bit more normal. And I would also like to add, Joe, I tried another, I tried one local thing that I haven't since I've been in Norman that you've told me to Sunday went to donut King. Oh, wow. How'd Let you, me tell you something. How'd you feel about it? Loved it. And I was always big on gourmet donut, which I think is also fantastic. I'll say this gourmet donut has the better sausage rolls or kolaches, whatever you want to call them. I call them sausage rolls. Gourmet donut has the better sausage rolls, but, um, I love donut Kings donuts. Loved it. There's something about them. They're just like, they're, I, I can't really describe it. I, I would need like some time to think it over, like to give it its proper description, but well, this is, it's fresh on my mind. So let me tell you this. It's almost like the donuts, the glazed donut. It was almost like an Indian fry bread. You know, there was a, you can tell there's just like they've got an old fryer or something. Something's going on. It's got a texture on the outside that just it's like a piece of Indian fry bread. But I got the I'm a big cake donut person. Love a cake donut. And their cake donuts were awesome as far as that goes. So I well, I'm gonna have to put the two gourmet donut and donut king against each other and really figure out which one I like more, because I was pretty loyal to to uh to gourmet donut donut but this was something special we'll gladly in my take opinion. you on the team i mean mm-hmm. donut king I, I feel like donut king is tops in norman um we uh like we were really excited when they were opening up a shipley's um on main street but man i don't know what it is but not quite the not quite the donut franchise that i remember um not trying to, you know, maybe you got, uh, maybe it's just like a, I mean, I feel like there is a uniqueness to Donut King, um, and their style. Um, I, I think there is something to it that's, you know, different than what, uh, Hertz does and, uh, what like Daylight Donut does, but you know, it just, you know, wasn't for me, but uh, God bless Hertz Donuts, but I, I just don't need that much donut. You know, like I am a basic you know, I'm just basic Bob when it comes to food. I just want, you know, pretty, I don't need anything too lavish. And that's just, I mean, I love, I mean, it's not like Hertz isn't good. That's just kind of like sensory overload to me. I just appreciate the simplicity of like a perfect regular type of donut, which I realize sounds really boring, but I'm not apologizing to who I am. Well, the the one thing Hertz does have going for it is it's on campus corner, and you know if you if you're having a uh, night out on the town, which obviously no one's doing right now, but uh, when they do go back to normal, it's a it's a it's a nice little option once everything closes. Um, so, just one. Have you ever had a top like a truck a truck donut? I have not. Like these places that are open like late, and then they just are cranking out like bags of hot mini donuts. I'm not. That sounds amazing. 
Oh, you yeah. I've only had it once, but it's some that's something else too. That's a uh, these we're talking like you get the bag and the bag is warm and there's these little donuts in there and it's definitely like a late night. It was a late night thing. Um, this conversation not, I mean, I haven't made seen. me hungry. By the way, I'm I've not eaten yet today, so this is kind of like uh, kind of really ramped up. Just like I need to get food soon, but we've we've officially talked about donuts as much as we've talked about the coronavirus. So that's that's got to say that's got to speak for something. Honestly, this is us plugging local. I, I want I want a donut sponsorship. Honestly, it's it's been refreshing. I mean, this this past hour has like been. I mean, we've talked a little bit about coronavirus, but man, it's it's just it's just kind of nice to talk about stuff that doesn't have anything to do with it. Um, you know, obviously there's implications around like talking about the spring game not happening because of coronavirus, but just to have a conversation about you know what were you looking forward to and you know what do you hope to see. But just it was uh it, it, it's nice and the, these conversations are fun there's obviously a lot of serious stuff going on but we hope we could have been entertaining for the past hour um as you all you know kind of get through your quarantine it's been good for us so we're hoping it's just mutually beneficial for you all um if you uh aren't already uh we hope you subscribe to the podcast on whatever podcast platform you use. And if you're using the Apple Podcast app, we would appreciate if you leave us a rating and review. It helps get the word out about the show. Um, I think that does it for for me and Tyler. So we hope you all stay safe, stay inside, and uh, keep pushing on. Tyler, we'll talk to you next week. Okay. See you, Joe.